0: Sarah Otto and I am the Ohana Homefront Foundation president and co-founder.
1: So, what inspired you to create the uh, organization?
0: So, myself and Natalie Ely. Natalie is a Marine spouse, and we've been friends for a very, very long time. And I got together with her, and I said, "Hey, I want to do something." And she goes, "Okay." well, what are we going to do? And I said, well, I want to do something where we can help our military community as a whole, not just one piece of the puzzle when it comes to mental health. So because we've seen so much. Uh, My husband did 21 and a half years in the Navy. He retired in 2018. Natalie's husband's been over 20. And so we've seen a lot of struggling when it comes to getting mental health and being able to get in, especially since COVID hit. Um, That's been a big one because of you know everybody being backlogged. So we wanted something where we can provide the resources directly to our military community. If they've been in the bubble at any point in time, if they're a veteran, caregiver, child, um, it doesn't matter, active duty, National Guard, reserves, we're gonna help them.
1: So what are, are some of the challenges you have faced with being a military spouse?
0: Getting in. Um, to see somebody getting the referrals that are necessary, um, to get in, whether it's mental health, because back, you know, 15 years ago, we had to have a referral for every little thing, you know, it didn't matter what it was. Um, and so obviously it's changed since then, but as, uh, when my husband was active duty, getting my kids in, um, to see somebody would be like a two month wait. I remember I had to have my girls tested. They had to have like a full day psychological workup, each of them did. And I had to wait, like, I think it was like 10 weeks before I could even get them in to have this done because it was a full day procedure. It wasn't just a, you know, hour long consultation. Um, so it took a while. And it's one of those things where you don't want to wait. You shouldn't have to wait. Um, whenever men, when it comes to mental health, you need to be right there. Like it doesn't need to wait. Um, and there's so many doors that close that need to be opened and we want to make sure that those doors get open. But as a military spouse, that's what I've seen. It's a lot of doors that are shut and it's, it was very hard to get in anywhere and to get the help that we needed, um, myself or my husband or even our kids. So, you know, I'm taking that and moving it into 2022, um, Whenever I think about anything that we do within OHS,
1: so can you tell me uh, some of the things uh, the organization's doing to make it better for people to take care mm-hmm. of their mental health?
0: Yeah, for sure. So we are actually becoming accredited. We're going to, we are opening a virtual crisis center, hopefully by 2023, but it costs money, obviously. So uh, it may be l- mid 2023 we don't know yet. Um, And we're becoming accredited so that we have a safe space for those to call. I have seen so many different posts in like the retiree pages and all of those things like on Facebook, where their husbands have been hung up on by the VA. And it's the VA crisis center, like they're supposed to be able to get the help, but they're being hung up on. And we want a safe space for them. So we have a counseling department, and they're amazing. Um, We're working to get a counselor in every state. So when they call, we have a place for them. We have somebody for them to talk to. We have peer-to-peer support. So if somebody calls, and it's not necessarily that they need counseling, but they just need somebody to talk to. It's been in the, had those, you know, shoes on or boots in this, you know, depending on which side of the house they're on. And, you know, we want to make sure that everybody's good. Um, I'm working on getting a military child also on board, a teenager that's been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, to help peer-to-peer for the younger ones as well, um, because we know that they, they sometimes suffer in silence because they try to be strong for their parent that is on the home front. And so it's hard on them. And whenever it comes crashing, it comes crashing hard. And so we want to make sure that we have that availability for them. So we're working on that. We have resources available. We have an amazing resource team working on resources per, per base, per state per national, it doesn't matter what it is, they're, they're gathering all the resources, and it's a huge undertaking, but they're doing great doing it, um, and then, you know, we want to make sure that our lines are always open, so we have all of our Facebook available, um, all of that stuff, so yeah, we, just, we have everything as best as we can available, and we also have a partnership with Foresight Mental Health, um, and they have a direct phone number and a direct link, so, if any of our military families come to us and say we don't have a counselor in that certain state, we can out we can give them the phone number or the link to Foresight, and they will take care of them for us.
1: So, how important is it to have a strong support system, even if you're a, either a spouse or you know out there uh, deployed?
0: Um, beyond important, uh, and I. And we, we talked about this, we had an event yesterday and we, had it, we talked about it a little bit about how the VA and the American Legion have kind of gone away from it for the military. You know, be back in the day, you know, they could go after duty or whatever and have a drink with their buddies, their comrades in arms and, you know, have that session where it's not on the record necessarily. And it's somebody that they're talking to, you know, so they didn't need as much necessarily when it came to mental health because they had that. Um, military spouses, you know, we have FRGs, um, we have readiness groups. We have, depending on what branch they are uh, in the Navy, we have ombudsman, um, and we have FRGs and we have all these family readiness things that are available. Um, but they have such a name to them that I think it kind of scares some spouses off. And I think that those are the spouses that need to go out and say, Hey, we need to make this better. We need to be lock arms we need to be there for each other we're all in this together like we're all we're all under the same umbrella but going through different things but it doesn't matter we have each other you know and having that i remember when my husband would deploy you know i would always have that one friend we would swap babysitting like if i needed just an hour to myself she would take my three kids And then if she needed time, I would take her three kids, you know. (laughs) And it was so great to have that one person, so I could have that self-care, because self-care is very important, and it gets forgotten um, on either side, whether it's the military member or the spouse or even the child, Um, because the kids need something too. They don't want to just sit at home, you know. It gets boring. So, like when my, for example, when my husband was deployed, we spent a lot of time at the beach um, when we lived in Florida. And, or we would go on little day trips, you know, whatever it was, whatever they wanted to do. Um, And a yes day is not a bad thing for a kid to have. Um, A lot of people don't want to do that, but it's not a bad thing. And it gives them that sense of, I can get, I can do this today. You know, mom would always say no, but today I can have that bowl of ice cream for dinner, you know, or whatever. Um, And have, and make it. I don't know. It, 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 you just need to have people in your corner that have been there, done that. You know, we all have our families. Uh, my parents, they just, they weren't in the military life. My dad was in the army way back before me and, you know, didn't understand necessarily. And I remember my mom always just saying, I just don't know how you do it. And I used, my response was always, "Yeah, just do, because what else are you going to do? Right. You know, you can't let everything fall apart just because. You know, he's on the other side of the world. I still have three kids to take care of and two dogs and myself, you know, and help him if he were to call, you know, because there were times where he would call and he'd be like, hey, you know, I just need to hear your voice. I just need you to just say it's going to be OK, you know, and I think we need friends like that, too, where we can just pick up the phone at any time, any day or night, whether it's a text, whether it's a phone call and just say, I just need to hear it. Just tell me. But it's going to be okay. You know, this will pass and everybody will be fine. Um, so yeah, it's, it's beyond important to have a support system. Um, to whether it, you know, and don't ever believe everything you see on Facebook. And that's the one piece of right. advice. Social media has like lost its mind. And I didn't necessarily have to deal with it that much when my husband was in, but woo, I see it now. And I'm glad we didn't have it back then you know, so yeah, very important.
1: That's a good point because a lot of people, you know, look at social media and, you know, you're just putting out what you want to put out. So it's tough for people to see, you know, what really people are going through. So how important is it to have, you know, uh, this organization to, you know, help people understand that, it's okay to you know, not be okay. Mm-hmm.
0: It's extremely important. Um, I, I, used, I have this little speech that I do um, about, you know, raise your hand if you've ever gotten the phone call or you've, you've made the phone call and you get a voicemail that says, if this is an emergency, please dial 911 or go to your nearest hospital, right? We get that a lot whenever we call the doctor's office. When it comes to mental health, you don't want that. That is not the message that you want. You want somebody there because you only get one shot usually, um, unfortunately. And we have to meet them where they are. And so that is what we are doing within OHF. We're meeting, I always ask my kids, my youngest is actually a computer science information systems and game development major in Utah. Oh, wow, that's and
1: awesome. He,
0: yeah, he's, he's a little bit of a fool, um, but he's, he's extremely smart and I'm very proud of him. He has a year left. Uh, but he uh you know i always ask him i'm like so where are your friends at like what are your friends what's the newest thing where can we meet these younger younger families these younger kids because they are kids now right. to us anyway and where can we meet them so that we're helping them and his response actually was shocking and it was video games um and because it's true the younger generation they know how to use their thumbs really well. I If you gave me a controller and said, this is going to save your life, I'd be like, man, I'm done. Forget it. <laughs> like, just don't even bother. Don't bother. Uh, but it's true. And video games can actually be a really good form of self-care as long as they're not done. You know, Call of Duty, I wouldn't say is necessarily self-care, but right. having something to do um, and get online. I know that Natalie's son plays online with his friends back in Camp Pendleton. And like you can play online and that way the kids have something they can still stay in touch, which is the right. good thing about technology. Um, so that's, that's one of the major things is video games. And I've, t- we've talked about a little bit on our board of directors, like, how can we do this? How can we make this something, you know, how can we get on there? Who's playing games? Like who's, who's online? Like who can, who can get on there and do this? Cause it's not going to be me <laughs> I Can tell you that. Um, but, yeah, you know, meeting them where they are is a big thing. Um, that door, once it closes, sometimes it never opens again. Uh, they, they lose faith, you know, that somebody is there for them. If that VA hotline hangs up on them, they're like, well, everybody's like that. Nobody yeah. cares. Uh, but I can tell you that every single one of us, we are volunteers from the top to the bottom, bottom to the top. Our counselors are volunteers. Uh, they, are doing this all out of the kindness of their heart and we care and we don't want anybody to ever feel alone. And as you said, and that's usually my tagline is it's okay to not be okay.
1: of the things that you've learned that you didn't know uh after you uh uh, co-founded this organization
0: what are i all of the research that i've done and finding like the numbers and the statistics I didn't know that the numbers were as high as they were with, I knew, we we know the 22 a day that we hear. We know the numbers usually for our active duty and for our veterans, but you don't hear the numbers for the family. And those are what really, really upset me. In 2019, because we don't have 2020 2020 or 2021 yet, um, but in 2019, 72 between the ages of 12 and 23, lost their lives to suicide. And those are just the ones that were reported. And, you know, it's not that high of a number, but to know that there is a number is too much for me. Right. Um, and these are young kids. I mean, my kids even all fit in that bubble, you know, and they're all, you know, it's, and so it's sad, you know, whenever you think about it, there's just so many numbers out there. And then uh, within our military dependent, uh, let's see, where is it? I have all of my stats here, 130 military spouses under the age of 40. Um, And that's, again, what's just reported. And it's a Mm -hmm. number that should not be there. Natalie lived around the corner from a spouse in Camp Pendleton that was going through a divorce. And the husband was the spouse. The wife was active duty. They were going through a divorce. His parents took the kids to go grocery shopping. And they came home and they found him hanging because he didn't he had any place to turn um and so spouses need to know that they can reach out it's not weak right. um, it's not they can reach out to us and it's confidential it is not going to hurt your spouse's career active duty please know that it is okay to reach out uh we are unless it's a mandated reportable because there are those certain ones you know if it's not a mandated reportable it is not going anywhere but to us, we are going to make sure that you get the help that you need. Uh, veterans the same way, like everybody, it is confidential unless a mandated reportable. So nobody's in fear of losing a clearance or their job or anything like that. It, it's, I would rather listen to you cry and hoot and holler, scream, do whatever you need to do for even hours upon hours than have to sit and listen to a eulogy at your funeral it's just the way I the way I live my life you know I want people to be okay and and we're not we're not always all okay I had last weekend I had a pretty rough week, weekend you know um and it's okay that I had that that moment you know I'm here I'm good you know we all have to have the we all have them whether we admit it or not Everything is not always hunky-dory rainbows and unicorns.
1: Well, have you seen more people, you know, come forward to ask for help in the past couple of years with, you know, people talking more about the stigma and try and get rid of it?
0: So we are only seven months old, oddly <laughs> enough. Um, but I will, I joke that we gave birth and it joined the high school track team. Um, so, uh, <laughs> I would say yes, even in the last seven months, because we started our Facebook page. And within, I want to say it was like three or four days, we had a message. We didn't even have a counseling team yet. Like it, we were just building out still. And so we automatically had to get somebody on board and get them, you know, ready to help those young spouse. And we helped her tremendously. She was in North Carolina. She, it went from bullying behind the screen to in person. And she didn't know what to do. She was young you know, had no clue what to do, didn't know where to go, didn't know, you know, she could make that phone call and make an appointment. Um, So our counseling director, Nicole Pingle, is phenomenal. She's out of Missouri, and she actually made a phone call to North Carolina and found her a counselor, Um, and so she was able to get in right away. Yeah, she did an intake on her and everything. First few days. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. days. Um, The We've been, I will, I would, I'm very proud to say, you know, we've been able to help um, many, many spouses. Um, We have helped a couple veterans. Just yesterday, my phone was blowing up. We have a veteran and his wife that are really needing some help. Um, So my phone was blowing up from our manager and and director, um, getting everything together, you know, and they're working together and getting them the help that they need. So we work as a team. I like to think of more of the family um than we are a team but we do see a lot um and hear a lot and sometimes we can't help them we do actually have to outsource them yeah. which foresight mental health that's also a good thing If even if we have a counselor in that state sometimes they need just a little bit more help um, and then we also partner with the barry robinson center i don't know if you've ever heard of the barry robinson center it's here in virginia for the adolescents for okay. the military dependents it's only for military, only, it's inpatient. So um, the youngsters can have a place to go. Um, They do a lot of work with that. Um, And so, you know, we have a lot of ties that we can outsource if needed, if if it's a necessary evil, which we would just wanna make sure everybody has the care that they need and they deserve. So if we can't help them, we're not above saying, hey, we're gonna make a phone call on your behalf. We think this is the place that you need to be.
1: So where do you want to see the organization in the next five years or so? Okay. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Um,
0: actually, I would love to see at least one brick and mortar location, Hmm. whether it's here in Virginia where I am, or if my husband and I are back in Missouri where, where we're from, um, you know, that would be the middle of the United States. So that might be a good one too. Um, but At least one brick and mortar where people can come in. We could have a food pantry, a clothing, you know, anything to help them um, have an on-call or in-person counselor right there at all times. Um, I would love to see that. Um, And then I would love to see the virtual crisis center stay virtual, but also within that brick and mortar have like a handful of volunteers that are right there in person all the time, answering the phones, the texts, the chats. Um, all of that. I I would love to see us double in size as well, Um, and a counselor in every single state.
1: That'd be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So how can people reach out to you?
0: We have everything. Using the smoke signal, and I'd probably find it. (laughs) 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 So we have... (laughs) We have all of the social media. Um, if you just search for Ohana Homefront Foundation, you'll find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We're on TikTok. We don't do a lot on there, but we're there because, um, again, meet them where they are. Right. right? Yeah. Um, yeah. We're we're on YouTube. We have some sessions on YouTube that you can listen to. Um, our counseling team is putting together like not a course, but you know, just a, a playlist of different tips, tricks. We're going to do a, a series on bullying in August because school is starting. And we know that that's a big thing is bullying. And that really isn't good for your mental health. Um, and we see bullying in the adult world too. So, you know, we'll mm-hmm. cover both bases on that. Um, our website is ohanahomefront.org. Uh, you can always email info at oh, ohanahomefront.org as well.